the road to recovery. You might be cruising down it. A friend or family member lost on it. Or the road is, well, still under construction. Relevant Recovery Radio is about getting to that destination of normal health, mind, or strength. Now, Relevant Recovery Radio, here to give you the keys, Heather and Donnie Mosier. Hello, welcome to this week's episode of Relevant Recovery Radio. We're your hosts, Heather and Donnie Mosier. Hello. Donnie, you're back. I'm back. How was your trip into outer space? It was a probing experience. Was it? Did you enjoy it? I mean, of course I did. I paid extra. You paid extra. Um, So I'm glad to have you. Well, kind of glad to have you back. You're not glad to have me back. I had fun without you. I will say that. How long has it been since I was in here? Two weeks? Two shows? Paradise. That's how long it's been. (laughs) Paradise. (laughs) Because I get to listen to the sound of my own voice. Yeah. There's nothing I love better than my voice. Um, Over and over and over again. So welcome to the show. Uh, glad you're with us. Glad you're listening. Glad Donnie's back, mostly. A lot of glads. Lots of glads. Could you just get to the, to the meat there? This show is sponsored by the there Matthews Hope Foundation. The Matthews Hope Foundation has a detox and recovery program. Uh, the detox is two weeks or 10 to 14 days, depending on how you do. Um, and it's located inside St. Joseph's Hospital downtown, where medically supervised safe detox we have ISIS, which is a form of microcurrent neurofeedback uh, that you get while you're with us. It helps you feel better faster, period. We also have amazing clinical team, medical team, and recovery coach, certified recovery coach team. Uh, and if you decide to complete our program, and if you decide to enroll in recovery support, you get free recovery coaching and free aftercare for two years. No charge. I got to meet... All of your team. Well, most of your team. We had a Matthews Hope dinner, and you got to meet everybody. Almost. And spouses. And spouses. Yeah. Now, I already knew Melly Mel, and I already knew Nick. Nikki Boo. But I got to- You knew Haley, too, and Jamie. I did. And Brittany. You knew everybody. But I got to meet spouses. Oh, yeah, yeah. Spouses of the people you know. Yeah. That was a lot yeah. of fun. I'm really mm-hmm. grateful this. Matthews Hope turned two. Haley's um, husband was there, mm-hmm. and he has a really great beard. I respect yeah. it. <laughs> Y'all had the show-stopping beards. Um, I got to see Jamie's Glenn. Yeah. It's always a pleasure to see him. He's yeah. a very funny dude. And I loved that our doctor was there with his spouse and because he's uh, a key player at the detox. So it was, I don't get a lot of time with him. And so I, I loved having everybody there to talk about healing in the mind, the body, and the spirit. But the cool thing, my cool takeaway was we sort of went around the table and talked about gratitude and this and that. Um but my takeaway was that you guys, I think, legit care about each other. And mm-hmm. it seems that there's like a team sort of family relationship. It's a work family. And I think deeper than normal work family. Everybody has a work family. Like you say, yeah. oh, that's my work husband or my work wife or whatever, all that sort of stuff. But yeah. um, I, I love it because we're all in recovery or touched by recovery deeply yeah. in some way, every single person. And so. Even like Haley. Haley's not in recovery herself, but she's had family. Are. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like we had on when we had on the show, she talked about. It, yeah. And so it, everybody is a uh, 12-step proficient, which is amazing. Yeah. Uh, not everybody needs that, but it's good to be proficient in that for those who do need it and how to spot that. Yep, yep. And so, uh, and so we just have a wonderful team. It was cool. It was cool to like meet everybody, see spouses, see Larry and the Jen, and yeah. just kind of, you know. Anyways, it was a good night. It so, was a beautiful night. 
And so what I was saying is uh, we have that. And so if anyone is curious about our detox and recovery program, you can visit our website, www.mhdrp.org, herbiter.org, or give us a call, 844-263-4673, which is 844-AND-HOPE. And either I or Nick or Andre will answer your phone call. If you have any questions about our program at all, give us a call. All right, Donnie. And now my spiel? Your spiel, go. Well, listen, um, if you're listening to us on Sunday at 1 p.m., you know that you're listening on KPRC 950. I don't even know what to tell you that. Yeah, And then true. all of our past shows are up, up, uploaded. There you go. Yeah, well, up, I almost couldn't get that word up. They're <laughs> uploaded to the iHeartRadio app under the channel Relevant Recovery Radio. Yep. Or, simple as that. I mean, really as simple as that. Or we, we have a Facebook page. Go to search Facebook. Do you do, you do anything with that? Relevant Recovery Radio. Why are you taking a picture of us while we're on air? I have my hair pulled back. I don't look as cute right I'm now. I'm sending it to my buddy Rod. All right, so talk more. All right, so anyways, uh, that's the deal. So today... <laughs> What's our topic now that you've been probed and prodded thoroughly? I know what I think of me. What do you think of me? I don't think I could say that on the air. <laughs> what I think of you. We're going to talk about self, self-obsession, self-reliance, self, 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 right? Yeah. The fact that... <clears throat> the world has an unhealthy obsession on self. It has really run rampant more so... But it's under under the disguise of self-care. counterfeit self-love. Self-care, self-love. Yeah. I'm not against those things. I'm, I'm against the overindulgence or the self-obsession of those things. And I think that people are so depressed and so anxious and so unhappy in our world. And they seem so focused on themselves. And they don't understand the paradox there. They don't understand why that is. And that's where you've come up with these myths... Um, self my truth i'm just looking for my truth no sorry there's no such thing as my truth there's the truth, the truth. there's absolute truth but or I also there is think like self-care self-love self-time i'm just taking care of I am, me i am very much for valuing myself right self-valuing is excellent but i think that the world is really askewed when it comes to what they think self-care is and it's not you know going to get your nails done the- skewed or just <laughs> skewed well, whatever whatever's the right word <laughs> <laughs> oh my god listen i'm not super proficient in them words <laughs> Ooh, oklahoma, oklahoma in the house i don't know the difference between skew and askew all right so um we went to um so that's our topic it's our topic for a and you kind of jumped into that before we we had our our, our banter of like what we did this weekend i went to outer space to pick you up we went to um las vegas a 12-step conference in cn city in Sin City, in Las <laughs> Vegas. We, we got there uh, Thursday and didn't leave till Monday. And so we were telling everybody that, hey, we're and going- And we stayed sober. What? Yeah, we stayed Good sober. yourself. No, I'm kidding. But that's what uh, people, we were telling, you know, not 12-step people, but other regular people were like, hey, we're going to go to this conference in, you know, in Las Vegas. And they're like, what? Yeah. Like- You're going to Vegas? You're going to Vegas and you're sober? Like, what is there to do? Because we don't really even gamble either. And I'm like, no, it's a recovery conference. It's an amazing, like, spirit-filled, program-filled weekend. And we had a a wonderful time hearing speakers, hanging out with our good friends Gay and Chris. Shout out Gay and Chris. And we just had a wonderful time. And so we have some nuggets of wisdom that we took away from that weekend. And we wanted to dissect that on the show. All right, so... Don't go anywhere. Listen, if you come back, the only guarantee I have is that Heather is going to make up more words or (laughs) screw up normal ones. We'll be right back.
right, welcome back to Relevant Recovery Radio with Heather and Donnie, or Donnie and Heather. I'll put the illiterate one first, (laughs) Donnie and Heather. The illiterate one first? No, okay, so anyways, yeah, so we went to Vegas to a uh, 12-step convention. You know, a lot of times we don't, let's explain this real quick, because we have slipped a few times, and we have mentioned the 12-step fellowship that we're in and the reason that we don't is this there is a tradition 11 in that fellowship that talks about anonymity and an anonymity see i can say anonymity you can't even and i'm because illiterate. my nose is stopped whatever up, so right? um and it talks about really that because we are members we don't talk about it because we say our last names on the air if we didn't say our last names we could it's all right. about just if i was able if, if you and i were able to be completely anonymous on this radio show we would then yeah. we would be able to say what 12-step fellowship and dive deeper into that but we don't because of that so that's why yes. we're always saying 12-step fellowship but it's kind of obvious we don't drink so <laughs> right. let's move on or do drugs who knows what fellowship i'm in yeah that's who knows? true i don't even know <laughs> All right, so we had a good time. We heard a lot of very, very cool things. Mm-hmm. Um, and we wanted to just come back and just regurgitate like talking points. But what really came out of this and what I remember somebody, I think the theme was, because it wasn't just a few speakers, but they really had like a speaker almost per step. Yeah. And they really dove into, and they told a lot of really great stories. But The overall theme of this is that if you need a 12-step program for drinking, drugs, drugs, food, shopping, porn, the problem is not those things. See, those are a symptom of the real problem. The real problem is self. Right. And so I'll word that another way. A lot of, like when I came into treatment, I thought heroin was my problem. And if I could just get heroin out of my life, I could get my life back on track. And that's Mm -hmm. a delusional, incorrect thought that almost everybody trying to get sober thinks. Oh, I got a drug problem. Oh, I got a drinking problem. Oh, I got a food problem. Well, and here's how to know if you're chronic. Technically, you don't. And here's how to know if you're chronic. If I put the booze down, your life would just get better if you're not chronic. If the booze was the problem. And I'm chronic, so means when you take drugs or alcohol away from me, my life doesn't get better. It gets I worse. am full of anxiety, full of depression, full of irritability, full of discontentment. I'm just seeking, 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 trying to fill my life materialistically with men or cars or houses and or When kids. do you think you're going to start changing that? <laughs> When's that going to get better? I am pretty content now in life. That's true. That's true. So- That is the overall thing. And so what the steps do, what the 12 steps do, is they sort of break this down into edible chunks. Right, right. Steps one through three, you realize that that I've been spinning my wheels trying to change my life for a long time. And steps one through three are basically like, I can't, there's a power that can, and I'm going to try and let that power change my life. And then steps four through nine, also known as house cleaning, Mm -hmm. is this internal dissection process where they basically take my soul, my spirit, and we kind of divvy it up into bite-sized chunks so but, I can start swallowing some ch- chunks of truth about myself that I'm not able to see on my own. Well, and four and five are really about self. Yeah. How has self-reliance failed me over and over? So one through three are like, hey, you, you have this lack of power. Your life's unmanageable. Maybe God can. I'm going to make a decision to figure that out. You go into steps four and five, and it's like, here, let's put this inventory down. You get to see over and over again how... 
relying on yourself is going to fail you every time and how your entire life revolves around you. Yeah. You, what did you call it? The kingdom one. You are in a claustrophobic kingdom of one. And I've always called it a bubble of one. See, I am in a bubble of one. There's only one person in my bubble. That's me. Mm -hmm. I'm not malicious when I ignore you or don't care about you or don't consider you. It's not malicious. It's the fact that there's only one person in my bubble and that's me. I just don't know you exist. Right. Right. And it's not even conscious. Right. Correct. And so almost all chronic drug addicts and alcoholics go through life not knowing that's them. Overeaters. And they think porn that they're, addiction. Oh, I'm all so of it. giving. I'm such a nice person. Oh, I'm you know. And it's like, but maybe maybe you do give. Maybe you're nice, but your motive's off. Then it's a self-seeking motive, even in what you're giving or doing. And what happens is that I'm I have this self-obsession. I'm always obsessing about me. Mm-hmm. Um, I get totally twisted up with self and self-reliance because I'm always trying to fix the mess that I got myself in in the first place. I'm mm-hmm. always trying to run the show and make everything happen the way I think it should. Even but though can my I give perception- a, a literal example of what you're saying right now? Because I like literal examples. I'm a very literal person. Okay. And so what you're- Lit- Not literate, but literal. You are literal. correct. Go ahead. Go ahead. A literal example of me doing that for m- multiple years is I believed that if I was married and had children and had my own home and didn't live with my parents, then I'd be happy. Did it work out? And so I bought my own house. I got a dude, got married, had a couple kids. So then I'm not happy, right? So I'm thinking, okay, I got the wrong guy. Yeah. Let me get rid of him, get a new one. Did yeah. that. All right. Well, then there's still problems, yeah. right? And I'm like, okay, maybe it's not that guy or not that well, psychiatrist or not that kid or what, not that house. Let's change houses. And you have these delusional thoughts that everything's going to be okay I'll if just- I'll finally be happy if I just get my ducks in a row. And the problem is that you don't rely on anybody but you. So first, you have the idea of what's going to make you happy. I know what I need. I know what I deserve. I know me, 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 me. And I know then, what'll make me happy. And then you come up with a plan to, to manage it. that success. Yeah, and I do. And- it's not that I don't have the power to execute that. I can make stuff happen. And but does it ever bring peace, joy, and contentment? Not long-term. Absolutely not. It's counterfeit. It brings a counterfeit happiness. It's and, very short-lasting. So wait, hold on. So mm-hmm. so we have this problem with self-obsession. We have this problem with these delusions. And so what we do is we obsess on all this. We try to make it happen, and we just create a so wasteland. Much. And the reason that we are seeking out drugs, alcohol, porn, food, shopping, whatever hits us with that dopamine. The reason we seek those things out is because it gives us a temporary relief from From this discontentment Uh that our life is. And so in our literature, our 12-step literature, they also call that discontentment spiritual malady or, or, you know, soul sickness. We've Mm -hmm. heard that phrase a few times, right? And and so that was the core of my problem. I didn't know that. So... I didn't know that it wasn't the husbands, and then later it wasn't the heroin, or it wasn't the you know houses. now. I, I mean, because you now. have a great husband, so you know it's not, <laughs> there's no way he could I'm be the problem. Now. But I I didn't know it then. I didn't know it then that I was just covering up a sick soul with worldly things, hoping it would make me happy. So if I do four and five, this this inventory of the stock in trade, oh, if I, I look smashed. at all of my character. Flaws. defects or assets. I look at all of mm-hmm. it and I go, wait a minute, hold on a minute. I thought that I was doing so well, <laughs> but it turns out that I am a Tasmanian devil and everything I touch goes bad. Every, everybody around is collateral damage and nothing is being fixed. Yeah. I didn't realize until I wrote my first four step, I thought that ex-husband number two was the problem 
mm-hmm. and I thought his problems, his stuff was the mm-hmm. reason I became a heroin addict. He destroyed me. He destroyed our marriage, blah, 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 victim, victim, victim. And then I actually write a first real four or five. And man, God showed me the truth of how much harm I caused, what parts were my fault, what what things were blaming on me. Mm-hmm. You know, I was not an innocent victim in the scenario, but I had to set aside his wrongs or his faults or his blames and only resolutely look at my own. I had never done that before. All right, we have two minutes, six and seven in two minutes. So I don't know if you realize this, but I'm pretty defective. You probably don't. You're you're what? married to a wonderful woman as I'm far as you're shocked. concerned. I thought you were perfect. But when I, you know, when I finish five with my sponsor, she hands me this list and gives me instructions on how to, you know, go home and do five through eight. And I look at this list of character defects, they call it. Sins, character defects, same Shortcomings, stuff. Shortcomings. Yeah. Grosser handicaps, the book also calls you're it. You're running out of time. But I was really uh, sad at first and then overwhelmed with like... Sadness for me, like mm-hmm. not not in a pity way, in a oh my god, God, like literally God. Sad please, for the world and the way you've affected it. Help me not be these things. Yeah, and and so then you have that seventh step prayer where I try to give all my good and bad to God, and he uh, he removes bad as he sees fit. So in three, I say, okay, I'm going to base my life on this power, or as you and I say, God. Mm-hmm. Right, but whatever it is, whatever higher power it is. Four and five, we do a self inventory to reiterate the fact that any life run on self will could hardly be a success. Mm-hmm. Five and six, we're again saying, okay, like I've seen the evidence, yeah. right? Um, all right, so we're gonna finish them out, and then we'll go into the meat of the topic today. We'll be right back. Welcome back. You're listening to Relevant Recovery Radio with hosts Heather and Donnie Mojar. I'm still here. You're still here. Aliens have not taken you yet. Do you know what hit me over the weekend? Mm -hmm. Here's, I want to give you a sentence that somebody said and I went, oh, it hurts. I was just thinking about it now as I interrupted you a minute ago. Go ahead. I'll allow it. When we're in conversation and we're constantly interrupting others, it's because we find ourselves so self-important that we feel like what we have to say is more important than what anybody we're speaking with has to say. Yeah. That hurt. Yeah, because we interrupt people a lot. We we're do. very dominant Both of when us we're do. around people. And it's because of our self-importance. We think we're that important that what we have to say is that important. I want you to work on that, okay? <laughs> well, what I was going to talk about was step nine, right? And so we go through this process and... I get to steps eight and nine, which is really me cleaning up the wreckage of my past. Not any current new mistakes as I go along, because that's step 10. But I got to look at all this damage that I caused as a tornado in my past. Through self-reliance. Through self-reliance. It's not that I was an evil or malicious person. I was just trying to find happiness. Woe is me, right? People that were (laughs) trying to kill me last night on the freeway when I went to go pick up our little pupper dog from my brother's house. See, in their mind, they're just in a hurry and everybody on the road is on in their way. They're not thinking about anybody around them. I think right? one day we should do a whole topic on Houston drivers. But what they don't realize <laughs> is is the fear and the people cause. that they're affecting while they're being so selfish as self that are doing a hundred down the freeway. I remember one time I went back into sober living and I was making amends to an old manager for like my past relapses. And she was like, Heather, I just want you to think about like your kids. Because I've been like 
separated from my kids from for years at that point. And I just looked at her and I'm like, I don't think you understand that like when I'm not well, those things just don't even pop in my mind. I'm surprised a sober living manager said that, to I be don't, honest with you. I don't think about like the sleepless nights that my parents cried themselves to sleep wondering if I'd be dead by morning. Like people don't, when you're sick and you're in it, you're mm-hmm. drinking and you're doing, you really don't, you're not aware of the damage you've caused. Right. And when we go to nine. We're cleaning it up. I've heard so many people give the excuse, well, I'm, I'm over it. I don't want to rehash that and dig that back up. That's not the purpose at all. Yeah, it's not for you. <laughs> it's not for you. It, there's this shot that you might be able to become spiritually connected. You know what it really is about? Con- content as it's a result about, of this process. It's about humility. It's about really owning yeah. what I've done. That's really what it's about. So it is for you. In a way, to spiritually benefit you, yeah. right? Not because it makes you feel better in the moment, because it doesn't. There's a spiritual benefit All right, later. So one through three, I realized the real problem. Four, Four through, through nine, nine I, 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 chunks of truth and clean up the problem. All right, so 10, 11, 12 are about growth. Mm-hmm. It's about taking what I've learned and working it into my daily practice. And so for me, step 10 is something you practice do, during the day as you go along. And it's a way of doing four through nine each day during right. the day. Moving what about forward. 11? 11 is a spiritual disciplines in my evening and morning prayer and medica- meditation life. Yeah. Some specific prayer, prayer and medication. I almost said it, right? Prayer and meditation life. I'm not on any medication at the moment. Um, but there's things I need to do that the big book gives us clear guideposts. And 12. Uh, 12 is sponsoring others, carrying the message, now, doing H&Is. what did we hear at the conference that rocked our world that we loved so much? So what one thing that I loved is what they read before every speaker, which is an excerpt from the medical opinion on alcoholics. Um, it's in the big book back in the back on page 570, apparently. In they, that program for, I don't know, whoever's program, members of that. Right? Yeah. And so they had a phrase that the point of working the steps, the point of our program is so that I can overcome my obsessive concentration upon myself. Yep. Like that blew my mind that that was in the back of the book and I didn't know it. Number one. Yeah. Now we're going to read it in meetings individually and look really smart (laughs) and blow people away. I just love that they are so it's I don't work the steps so I can stop drinking. That's what got me in the rooms. But I don't work the steps so I can stop drinking or stop doing drugs. I work the steps and live the steps so that I can overcome my obsessive concentration upon myself. Absolutely. Now read what that lady said. Now, how do you do that? So the one that she said about if you were arrested. Okay, so she said, let's pretend that being in a 12 step fellowship is illegal. Because what we've said is they all use the same 12 steps based on the original. So they're all fairly the same. So let's assume being in the 12 step fellowship is illegal in our country. Okay. Okay. And I'm arrested and I'm on trial. I'm accused of being a 12 step fellowship. It wouldn't be the first time you're accused of something. I've been arrested a lot. So I, I, I was there with her, I was in the story. And she said, if you were arrested and accused of being a 12 step member, is there enough evidence to convict you? And when she started saying that, I went, so oh, she gave this like, is good. So she gave like three uh, you know, options. What if there's no evidence? You just say you're a member, but you really haven't done anything right. in recent. You're so there's affiliated. no evidence. So you're going to get off, right? Yeah. But let's say there's a little bit. There's light evidence. There's some circumstantial evidence. You go to a couple of meetings, yeah. right? And so maybe you get you know, two or three months conviction, right? But what if there's so much a stack of mounting evidence that you get a life sentence? And that's what you want. I want a life sentence conviction and so in the 12-step world. What does it look like? What What does a life sentence look like? What does that evidence look like? Because if what we're talking about in working the 12 steps is to remove this obsession of self mm-hmm. so that I can change my obsession to others and helping people mm-hmm. in order to get well. 
I think there will be evidence be, in the fruit of the way you live your life. But there's a lot of. What does it look like in a twelve step though? So what it looks like for me, and and you know I'm six years sober, so maybe other people are different. But what it looks like for me, currently, <laughs> is I go to meetings. I have a home group, right? I'm of service to that group. I carry yep. the message through an H and I treatment center. Why do you go to meetings? I'm going to ask you questions in this, so okay. let me interrupt you. Why do you go to meetings? What do you do that for? I get to be in frequent contact with newcomers so that I can find people to sponsor. So, and so, prior, that I can... so prior to finishing the steps, why do you go? Well, I went to meetings to try to learn to shut my mouth and grow spiritually. Right, and get involved in a community that's yeah. like-minded. Okay, Fellowship. now post-steps, why do you go? I, I don't go to meetings because I need a meeting. If someone feels like they yeah. need a meeting, they're spiritually off. There's, there's some inventory yeah. to write. Um, I or they have that a, I, have, I have not needed need a, a meeting in a long if you're through time. the steps. Yeah. Um, so I don't go to meetings because I need them. I go to meetings so I can give back, so I can be there ah. for someone who needs me. So to I give, can, not to take. To give, not to take. Okay, so meetings is one way. What I have else? a home group. That means three things. I'm consistently mm-hmm. there at that group. I attend the group conscience of that group, and I have a service commitment for that group. She mentioned that too. Oh, I yeah. liked it. I, I think that that's important. It's not just. So, what makes a home group? I just said those three things. I'm there consistently. So, that's group. a meeting, not just a bunch of meetings, but that is a particular no, meeting. A home group is a specific meeting where I'm there frequently. Often, you know, you, you know, might miss every More times time. than not. Right. And I attend that group conscience for that group. So you're a member. So you're a member and I get a service commitment for that group. Now you're putting in some work So now I'm it. serving that group. I become a home group member. Okay. What else? Um, I sponsor a lot of people. Do they have so, to sponsor a lot of people? No, but I sponsor people. And there's been chunks of time where I sponsor more or less. But, so, but they're giving a. So, one of the things that you're going to give of your time to mm-hmm. help someone else for no benefit of your own. I have to set aside time in my life that is inconvenient for me to try to pass on what was freely given to me to someone behind me to help them. What are some of the excuses we hear that make us crazy? Why they don't sponsor? Yeah. Well, they don't feel ready. <laughs> Or they don't know the book, or they're so busy, or I just don't have time, yeah, or I, I got kids. I have a job. Or I have a job, or my husband doesn't blah, 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 or I don't have like, a house I can bring anybody to. Any any good standing sober member of- A 12-step fellowship? Has a job. Yes. And we all sponsor people. <laughs> and we have children, and we, and we have jobs, and we have spouses, and- When you know, somebody's like, I I just I work like, I just want to go, good for you. <laughs> so do we. <laughs> It's crazy. I think that what that guy said this weekend is when someone says, oh, I don't have time to go to meetings or I don't have time to sponsor, what they really mean is it's not enough value enough to me to make time for it. Right. I I don't value it enough to make, if you valued it enough, you'd make time for it. So if I want to be convicted, Mm -hmm. I want to keep this on track. If I want a life sentence, Mm -hmm. which means that I'm going to, I'm going to live a life that I never could have imagined. So that means I'm going to go to meetings. In the beginning to get, but in the end to take, mm-hmm. I mean, to, to give. Yeah. I'm going to help others through sponsorship. I'm going to carry the message through talking to newcomers, sponsoring, doing things like that. Mm-hmm. What else do you do? But there's also other things. Once you fall in love with the 12-step program, you also want to try to honor the traditions, which is our code of conduct. And you want to carry and practice those principles in all our affairs. So there's different ways I'm behaving at church or at home or with my family. Um, the, those are very... Uh, good indicators. My uh, friend Jack, who was the one that helped uh, James mm-hmm, get yeah. sober, right? That 12-step James. He says that the the chief demonstration of my spiritual condition is, at home? is in my home. How do you treat your family? How do you treat your mom? How do you treat your children? Mm-hmm. You know, and so I think that there's a, also amends. 
right? I'm at the tail end of finally possibly paying off all my amends and we got yours paid off. And the, yep. there's just so much work, spiritual work and spiritual disciplines that we've worked hard at these last few years. Um, with God's help, of course, I could have never accomplished it without God's supernatural help. It's really help, his work. We're just going along for the I'm ride. I'm just a vessel yeah. and I'm just allowing God to use me. And I think that that's really in a, an important idea. That one woman said this weekend that there's four types of prayer. Either help me, please do this for me, God, you know, be a, you know, answer or give me, give me, give me, give me. Mm-hmm. I want God to give me this or give me that. Or I'm saying, use me, God. Use me for something, and I'm willing to be inconvenienced and be used. And then the a prayer of thanks and gratitude is the fourth. And I think it's important that my old life, I, it was always help me or give me. Yeah. I wanted, wanted, wanted. I wanted him to fix, fix, fix. And really the third step prayer can be completely summed up in those three words, God, use me. I just think there's such a misconception of why we do the things we do that are addictive of what the fix is. And and we'll, when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about that. Like, all right, cool. You've laid out the problem. You've laid out part of the solution. We're going to close this thing out with more solution and finish it up. We'll be right back in a minute. Listening to Relevant Recovery Radio with hosts Heather and Donnie Mosier. We're talking about self. Yeah. I know what I think of me, but what do you think of me? I mean, I think about me all day long. I think about me all the time. I want to hear what you think. (laughs) No, I'm telling you, I I literally, even during this show, I'm thinking about, okay. Mm -hmm. So our friend Candace, whom I love, Mm -hmm. um, made a comment that when she was on the air, I interrupted her a lot. You do. And I do too. And so that comment this weekend really hit me like, do I really think that what I have to say is so important? And I do. Yeah. You need to hear what I have to say. So I, I've decided that I'm not going to change it. I just now know the thing. <laughs> You're just aware now. Yeah, I'm just aware. <laughs> I'm just aware. Painfully aware. <laughs> yeah. No, but one thing that really So when I interrupt you, like I just did, just know that I think I'm more important. So... Arrogance <laughs> may be a character defect of yours. I don't know. Maybe you should write inventory on that, but... Um, here's my, one of my takeaways is they said that a 12 step program is a gift that comes unassembled and Mm. then I have to do the work to assemble it in my life. Right. And so when I was new, that looked a certain way. And now at six years, it looks a certain way, but there's some core key elements, like the things we talked about in the last segment, right. That we continue to do. And the 12 step lifestyle is a spiritual program of action. It's not of thoughts. It's not of ideas. It's, it's a way to live and it bears a certain kind of fruit, a altruistic fruit or a selfless fruit. Right. And the more people become spiritually connected, the more focus on others rather than self that they have. That's how you can see where they are. So in church, we have this wheel and it talks about somebody who's dead. Spiritually dead, you mean? Spiritually dead. <laughs> Just to be clear. Well, I mean, I don't see it any, any different way, really. Um Spiritually dead or a spiritual infant, Mm -hmm. a child, a young adult, or a parent. And when someone's new in the 12-step world, uh, beginning the steps, you know, you're definitely dead and then an infant, right? And And so an infant is just about me. And so when once you get to like steps maybe 9, 10, 11, 12-ish, somewhere around there, things really begin to change inside. And you begin to start that process of spiritual maturity. How long do you think that takes? It's I think it's an anomaly- you think I'm an anomaly just because I worked the steps in two months and like had these amazing God moments? Early no, but on. I think it's awesome that you just twisted that about you. 
Well, I was talking about me. You said, <laughs> you said I think it's odd that. Anyways, about me. Um, <laughs> no, I mean, when you watch people, like, I- I'll just talk about me. <laughs> I love it. When I, when I work the steps. No, because I think you are an anomaly. That's my point. I know you think I'm an anomaly. That's why I brought that up, and I'm not. No, I think you're an anomaly on how quickly you started to truly seek God's will, but the rest of it, you're not. I think you're, you're as a very selfish slow today one. <laughs> as anybody else with six years. I, I yeah. just believe that. Okay. I mean, I'm as selfish today as anybody with nine and a half years. I mean, it's just the way it is. But I think that something happens when I come in and I do all those things that we're talking about that, that are evidence for conviction. I'm. Um, I'm sponsoring, I have a home group, I'm involved, I'm doing all of these actions. One, well. Even though I'm still um, obsessing himself, I'm doing those actions, I start to internally change. God starts to rearrange me a little bit, and hold on, and I start moving from self-obsessed, and I start thinking about others. Right. Right, and that's where on that on that wheel, like for church, we talk about going from spiritually dead to spiritual infant, spiritual child starts understanding. Mm-hmm. Okay, now I know what I need to be doing and learning, and I'm going to start doing prayer and doing these things. Well, when they become a, a spiritual, like a young adult, mm-hmm. which is somebody with a few years sober, mm-hmm. they start to now think of others. Yeah. It takes it takes time. And I just think that time sober really means nothing because I've met people with 20, 30 years that aren't mature spiritually. And, I, and I've met people with like nine months that knock me off my socks with how much discipline towards God they have at that time. How about this? Time plus seeking equals. Time plus seeking. And, and I think that that's the key is the true open-mindedness, open-hearted, self-sacrificing seeking. And, and the 12 steps are just a roadmap. There's plenty of other spiritual programs and, and other things that people can go through to yeah. develop spiritual guidance and discipline and growth. For sure. I happen to just love the 12-step pathway. It's so quick and it was so uh, profound in my life, mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. know, that I got such a solid connection to God. But I think that we, I didn't know I was so obsessed with self. And then later, after, as you become- I can an, start reminding as you. As you become an adolescent in this, what happens is those uh, defects, they become uncomfortable to still behave in. And so I had some dramatic experiences early on in my sobriety with things that have nothing to do with drugs and alcohol that God was like, not cool, not going to do that. You don't and get it, to do that and be connected to me. It forced you to begin that work of seeking God's in all my will affairs. before you made decisions. In all my affairs. Because I was so scared of relapse. I really wanted to stay sober. Yeah. And I just knew that there's some these other things that have nothing to do with drugs and alcohol that was going to block me from being spiritually connected. Therefore, I would not be able to stay sober. And so I was really trying to figure out all these areas of my life where I was ignoring God. There's this uh, spiritual principle that I learned about in church called purgation. And purgation is the second step in this. And I can't remember the other three, but here's why it's important. When I come into the 12-step fellowship, whichever one it is, and mm-hmm. I start working on what I came in for that I thought was the problem that really isn't, it's right? Not. whether it's food or shopping or sex or drinking, whatever. When I start becoming aware through these inventories, through these steps, through this work, I get real uncomfortable for a bit. And, mm-hmm. and so what I don't think people understand is that 
like when I got sober at 41, I had spent 41 years wallowing in self. I had spent 41 years making sure I get what I want, what I need, what I think I deserve. And now we had to throw all that out the window. Making sure you act the way that I think you should. I'm acting upon a broken perception Mm -hmm. and not realizing it's broken. And that's one thing that lady said this weekend is I've been looking at my life through the lens of an angle of the dollar bill from a certain angle. And I got to, I got to completely change the angle of how I'm looking at that dollar bill, how I'm looking at life and and so try to see it from a different perspective. Right. And what purgation is, is it's this period where I am very aware of what I'm doing in the moment, like right now Mm -hmm. based on, okay, so this weekend, if you are interrupting people, that means that you feel you are so self-important that you feel that what you have to say is more important than anybody else. Mm-hmm. I'm now aware of that. Mm-hmm. And it's gross and it's ugly and it's uncomfortable. And so if I come into a 12-step fellowship and I think that this is the problem and I realize that it's not, that I'm actually the problem, that that is a temporary solution I've been using. That's why I'm, mm-hmm. quote fingers in the air, addicted to it. Mm-hmm. And I, through all of this, become aware of what's really the problem, and that is my self, self-centered, self-reliance, self-obsession. Self, self, self. Self, self, self. And it just manifests in so many different ways, and people get so confused when we talk about these simple basics. And, and the fix is one way. Yeah. The only way to fix self is to focus on others. And so the reason I'm saying this is it may take a year, five, mm-hmm. ten you're going to do well. You're going to do poorly. It's going to go back and forth. But really the goal is, is that you stick with mm-hmm. doing for others altruism. You stick with these physical actions mm-hmm. until the internal catches up. Because I promise you, if you mm-hmm. do this, it will catch up. My first sponsor always told me, Heather, because I was like, I don't feel like this. or like, She's like, Heather, you got to act your way into new thinking. You're not going to think your way into new acting. It starts with right. the actions first. Act your way into new thinking. Do it as if. And they say you can't trust your feelings. And, yeah. And so I started doing that. And I think when we look at this spiritual way of life, this 12-step fellowship program that you and I live, it's really about um, the degradation of vice and the elevation of virtue. Like I had so uh, many- You worked in another talking point. I love, I love that you for that. Point. I, I got to look at my vices and I got to eliminate them. I got to stamp them down. I don't have the but power. You I do? need God's help. You do? Or does it start to just become natural it becomes- by following him? It does become natural for some people. For some people, they the are The more have I blinders. follow him, the more he removes the vices. There's definitely certain smaller vices, but I think I need I need virtue elevated in my life. So instead of focusing on the vices, if I focus on the virtue and I ask the for principles. God's help, the principles, if I'm focusing on what's good and what's right and what's an asset and what's love and what's self-sacrifice, yeah. if I focus on those, the vices just get lower and lower anyway. Yeah. No, I don't disagree. I don't disagree. I just think that people need to stay the course, yeah. understand that your self-obsession is your problem. And it's a problem. process. No one is perfect. No. <laughs> and and you don't just get spiritual or perfect over, no, overnight. It's a process. So thank you for listening. I've enjoyed this topic and yep. enjoyed hearing me talk. Uh, don't forget, those who stand for nothing <laughs> will fall for anything. Hashtag God, though. <laughs>